Welcome back to yet another episode of the Higher Self Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Brian Elise Miller, and today I have an episode for you zeroing in on having zero boundaries. I was listening to The Myth of Normal, uh, which is a book by Gabor Mate earlier this week, and there was a moment in which he was outlining a set, I guess you could call it a set of coping mechanisms or patterns that express in a particular way in a human. You know, some of us are introverted or highly sensitive or whatever. We all identify with these things. Well, the thing that came up that he shared was super autonomous self-sufficiency. Super autonomous self-sufficiency. And here I was thinking, I don't, I don't identify with any of these things. And I'm like, sure, I'm sensitive. I can be empathic. I can be introverted. I can be extroverted. I don't like to identify as I am these things. I find that to be particularly limiting. When I heard him talk about super autonomous self-sufficiency, I was like, whoa, (laughs) hold on, hold the phone. That is me, or at least it was how I was showing up in the world. A lot less so now, I have to say, actually, which is a source of some pride and probably some vanity for me if you've been paying attention to Shadow School and we just dove into pride and vanity recently. But here I am seeing myself clearer as a result of hearing those four words, super autonomous, self-sufficiency. And you might be thinking, what actually does that mean? And another word or another phrase for it is hyper-independence. And here's where it comes from. This is a set of patterns, a coping mechanism, characteristics that we take on. When we have a sense of abandonment or betrayal or a break in trust early on in life, and this could be any number of things. For me, the things that I could look backward to are, you know, my dad going to war. (laughs) When I was six, he went to Desert Storm. And, you know, despite not being aware of really family dynamics at that time, I I was a six-year-old. And what I did notice is that I had a family. And then my dad went to war. And then when he came back, my parents got divorced. And my life changed dramatically. And so... (laughs) You know, even though this is a pretty common thing that happens, not necessarily the war, but the divorce is a pretty common thing that happens. But as a result, we can start to feel like we have been abandoned in life when these figures in our lives don't show up for us or stick around in the way that we need them to or want them to. And I don't think I was consciously carrying this around in my life thinking like, oh, I've been abandoned. Will everyone abandon me? Or I have a break in trust or there's some sense of betrayal there. However, it did lead me to create and get really good at a set of coping mechanisms of protecting protecting patterns 
of emotional patterning that helped me succeed, that helped me feel like I was okay in life. And that for me looked like protecting myself so that no one could ever harm me, betray me, break my trust again, leave me, whatever that is. And as a result, I became distanced from others. And I took on this super autonomous self-sufficiency, this hyper-independence. And what that looked like was keeping my distance from others. It looked like, uh, to a lot of people, especially when I was growing up younger, like I was snotty or a snob or stuck up when really I was just like sequestering myself from other people and distancing and keeping them at an arm's distance, right? It was protecting. It was protecting myself. It also looks like you actually then have no boundaries in a way, which is very funny because I was really good at creating physical boundary between myself and other people physical distancing, to not having any physical intimacy with others and kind of keeping them in an arm's length, like quite literally. And I also created a really solid, it felt very solid for a very long time, set of energetic armor for myself in the form of facial expressions, eye rolls, sighs, the way that I spoke to other people that kind of was like this superiority or a way of talking down, the way that I talked to people that was very declarative. And so I I projected a sense of boundaries, but I actually had no boundaries because at the same time, the thing that I was doing through this hyper-independence and pushing other people away and making myself so self-sufficient was that I only trusted myself to do things. I wanted to control everything. I had an extreme aversion to asking for help, to relying on anyone else for anything. I almost enjoyed making things hard. It was like things being hard, suffering, struggling, doing so much work, overcommitting myself, that was my comfort zone. I remember, actually, this was even recent in my career, that when I would create things, I preferred to work on my own. It was really hard for me to collaborate for many, many years in my career. And I remember even just saying out loud, Okay, in order for me to get this done, I need to just go lock myself in a closet. Nobody bother me, and I will just literally like walk, work around the clock. I would pull overnighters. I would do all kinds of stuff, and it was like this creative cycle of burnout I would put myself in. And then the second I would be done, I would emerge from the closet with this high-quality end product that... I don't know how I ever produced on my own now looking back on it. And I would emerge with such a sense of pride that not only had I produced something of high quality, like first drafts were client ready. And I 
I had like such a sense of pride and vanity about this. And it was also the fact that I had done it on my own. But after I came out of locking myself in the closet (laughs) to do this work, you know, in the proverbial closet of like sequestering myself, being a hermit to doing creative work, I would go on such a, like, I don't even know how to describe this. It was like I was dead to the world then in a very different way for a period of time. And in this period of time, I couldn't summon the energy to do anything, to take care of myself, to create anything. And so I needed this intense cycle of creation and downtime. Creation and downtime. And the thing was, I had no ability to love myself or to see any self-worth during the downtime. And so during the downtime, I would get into these states where I was so critical and judging of myself and my inability to just continue pushing through and creating and doing things. So it was almost like I wanted to have myself locked in a cycle of continuous creative production and work on my own sequestered away as this hermit. Like that was the expectation I had for myself. That was what success looked like to me. And not only to have an aversion to asking for help, but when people would offer help, I would do everything that I could to say no. To say no in a not so nice way, to say no in a you know, passive aggressive polite way. I would volunteer myself for things before they were even projects to be done. I was proactively looking for ways to overwhelm myself, to take on more, and to overcommit. I mean, I had no boundaries. And what I have to point out here is that we often think that boundaries are things that other people cross. You know, other people are asking me to do things, and so I can't say no, and so I'm overcommitting. And I definitely had a hard time saying no. But it wasn't because I was worried about disappointing the other person. It was like this proving of the fact that I could take on everything and do it by myself. But this boundary that I didn't have was with myself. I was the one crossing the boundary. Certainly, I would create a dynamic with other people where I'd make myself indispensable. That was kind of my strategy at work always. And even in my marriage, my personal relationship, make myself indispensable. Because when you're indispensable, you can't be abandoned. No one's going to betray your trust. They want you to stick around. They need you. No one's going to harm you. They're going to protect you, actually. And protection was what I was wanting. I was wanting it from myself, through myself. But I was always also wanting other people to kind of have me in the inner circle to protect me. You know, there was a sense of loyalty of how much that I would prove and do and effort and work and strive and push and create as a way of making myself indispensable. And I even carried the story, you know, when I would leave certain jobs or certain companies, the bosses that I worked with would be upset. And I had the entire story that they were upset because I was so critical. I was so indispensable to what we were doing. And I was leaving them in the lurch. Like, they weren't sufficient on their own. I had this perspective that other people 
couldn't take care of themselves, couldn't do the things that I could do. Their opinions mattered less than mine. Their ideas weren't as interesting as mine. This like hyper capability started to come through where I only trusted my own views and opinions as being good. But the thing was, I didn't trust them at all. I didn't trust myself. I certainly didn't trust other people. Trusting other people was like the most terrifying thing ever. And I didn't realize that in not trusting others, I didn't trust myself. But that's really what was at play here. And I didn't trust myself because I kept crossing my own boundaries. I kept abandoning myself to go do, prove, strive, achieve, work, and become indispensable. I kept neglecting myself and my truth and what I needed to prove that I was fine on my own. And the only thing I was ever good at saying no to was not taking on more work. It was saying no to help. Because I had this underlying story. I'm fine on my own. I'm fine on my own. I can do it on my own. I can do it better and faster on my own. They won't do it the way I want it done, which means it won't be as high quality or I will have to review it and then it's extra work for me. The stories would go on and on and on. Working with others takes more time. We have to collaborate and we have to have conversations and there's decisions Then somebody else has to work. Then we have to review it. Then, I, Oh my goodness. I could just not bother with any of that hassle. And so what I did for the 15 years of my whole career up until this point that I realized that I was neglecting myself 100% and proving my work through my suffering was that I drove myself into the ground. I drove myself into the ground into a state of total disconnection and burnout from my soul, my spirit, my gifts, my actual true gifts, my body, relationships to myself and to others. I had no intimacy or connection. I was always wondering why I never had a whole bunch of close friends. I was always wondering why no one ever invited me to do anything. I was always wondering why no one was offering necessarily to help me do things you know like I'd move an apartment like five times and I'd never ask anybody to help me and I'd look over and I'd see other friends who were always showing up to help each other move their apartments and I just thought like who would want to do that (laughs) who would want to do that you know your friend would like drop your lamp and all you know all these things also like what a hassle that is and it would take forever and oh my goodness I just could not be bothered But all I was doing was abandoning myself through this need to prove, through this need to achieve and be indispensable, through this need to control every aspect of everything. There was no teamwork. 
if anyone questioned something that I did at work or questioned my approach or questioned if they, you know, like even just asked if they could be a part of something, I would take personal offense to it. I was so good at pushing people away and pushing help away. Pretending that I had it all together, being so strong-willed, so hyper-capable, and saying no for so long. But it wasn't getting me where I wanted to be. (laughs) Where I wanted to be was having connection with other people. I wanted to be invited. I wanted to have deep relationships with other women and people in my life. I wanted to have more connection and intimacy in my own marriage. I wanted to have time to and space to explore the things that really lit me up. To have energy for my own creative ideas and projects. I wanted to do more and more work that was aligned with my gifts and my inner sense of values. Purposeful work, not just all the work I could take on. I wanted a life that was filled with more space and ease, adventure and spontaneity. And love. And joy. And these were things I was robbing myself of. Oftentimes when we look at boundaries, we have stories that make us a victim in these situations. We have stories about how people at work just won't stop requesting or making requests or asking us to do things. Especially when we're good. Especially when we're good at things. The flood of requests never ends. And we can look at it like, oh my gosh, they're asking so much of me. People won't ever leave me alone. I'm always the person's asked to do all this stuff. But I think if we're honest, we have to recognize we're creating that dynamic. Just like I was. Certainly people might be requesting things of you, but that is exactly what it is. People making a request. That's all that's happening there. What we do is we add meaning to it. We add the meaning of, if I don't do this thing, then I won't be worthy. If I don't help this person and fulfill this request, they won't like me. Or I won't get a raise. Or I won't look good to my peers. Or, 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 or. I only trusted myself to do things, but I realized that I actually had no trust in myself. Because I was constantly abandoning my own self. I had no boundaries. Being indispensable to others, burning yourself out in effort of proving your worth, going above and beyond, having a sense of urgency. Who needs stuff done as fast as we do stuff? No one. (laughs) Anticipating needs, having it all together. Like think about this, a strong willed, fine on my own. Like all of these stories 
all these stories that lead to separation, isolation, they lead to a feeling of unworthiness, no belief in ourself, no trust in ourself. And then we keep showing up and we keep proving it. An avoidance of our relationships. A hostility when you're invited to share emotions. A total neglect of emotions overall and not being okay to cry, for example. That was one of the ones. It was so not okay to show vulnerability to others for a very long time for me. The protection shield, the distancing, the energetic armor, the proving and the striving and making myself indispensable. It was like I had an impenetrable force field around me. But what I didn't recognize at the moment was that no harm could get in, of course, but no love could get in either. No connection could get in. None of the good stuff that I really, really wanted at my core could reach me through all of those layers and those walls I had created. So what I had created was a form of boundary, but it wasn't a healthy one. It was walls of disconnection and distancing of separation from other people, and even disconnection from myself. I even walled off my heart to myself, my emotions to myself. It was like I was a floating head for most of my life, just stuck in the mind, pretending I didn't have a body at all, ignoring every single one of my body's needs, neglecting myself on so many levels. I didn't have boundaries, but I had armor. It was like I was at war. It was like I was carrying around a suit of armor around myself at all times. But walking over my boundaries every single day. This really turned into a huge amount of codependence in my relationship. That looked like I forcefully took care of everything. I created so many unhealthy dynamics that took me further and further away from what I really wanted and needed as a human person in life. Recognizing where I am now, which is still far from wholeness, of course, in many ways, I am whole and also I see a lot of room for growth. I wouldn't call it improvement or betterment. I would call it growth and expansion. What I see now that I didn't see then was the truth of what I really want. Connection, love, growth, alignment, expression, joy, ease, fulfillment, living my purpose, having an impact, being of service to others. And that all of those protections, the coping patterns, the emotional patterns and wounding that I had been carrying, 
that had been having me show up as super autonomous, self-sufficient, hyper-independent Brienne were 100% working against the things that I so desperately wanted. And that if I wanted to have a life of love and ease and peace and joy and fulfillment, then I had to do things very differently than I had been doing them. Because to continue how I was would create more of the same. More of the same status quo, perhaps worse. That's what's possible if we change nothing. More of the same, perhaps worse. But what's possible if we recognize that what got us here won't get us there, and by there I don't mean some specific outcome. I simply mean that what we have been doing may not serve us moving forward. And we have the opportunity to evaluate, to look at the shield, the armor that we've been creating that's been keeping us apart from others and ourselves. We look at this gilded cage we've created around our hearts. We look at the walls we've built between ourselves and others. We look at the way that we have been ignoring our body and what it needs so desperately. And we look at all of our patterns, our protections that are emotional and mental, and take a good, honest evaluation. Not to judge ourselves, not to blame. Not to sink into grief or hopelessness, but to simply bring them into awareness so we can love them into wholeness. So that we can choose love instead of acting out of our past, instead of acting from our default, our autopilot, our coping mechanisms, our protections. Instead of operating from a state and a frequency of fear and lack and scarcity. And we can move into a state of love. Unconditional love. That's what's possible if we can have an honest assessment with ourselves and where our walls and our boundaries are or are not. Where we have been creating distance in our lives from ourselves and others. Where we have not been inviting the wholeness of all of our parts to the show where we have not been allowing others to be as they are instead of judging them, trying to change, co-opt, and control them so that our fear-based self is more comfortable. (laughs) That's a big one. This is the work of creating more beautiful boundaries where we can create a foundation of self-worth we can rebuild our self-belief and we can reconnect with ourselves so that we are no longer neglecting or abandoning or finding where we're putting ourselves in a victim of fear state and instead we can love ourselves and we can begin to trust ourselves so that we maintain a sense of sovereignty and discernment in our lives, with our energy, in our relationships, in a way that fosters love 
and, and connection, not separation and fear. Where we can examine tension, conflict, feeling triggered, feeling insecure, our fears, our shadows, from a state of love, loving awareness, and honesty, where we can be then a pattern interrupt for others so that they can do the same. This is how we create beautiful boundaries. This is how we cultivate an inner sense of sovereignty, safety, love, and peace. And this is how, through connecting with our bodies, we feel these things at a cellular level. And I wanted to share my reflections and I think there's so much possible if we choose connection and love. But choosing it isn't enough. We do have some unlearning to do. We do have some reflection, some honest examination. And that doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to hurt. As long as we recognize and allow ourselves to evolve and expand, to release what no longer serves, and to call in and build skills, to build new muscles around the things that do serve us and the collective. That's it. That's the work of Beautiful Boundaries. I hope if you are feeling seen, are you feeling like any part of this conversation resonated with you, start a conversation with me on social. Send me an email. Send me a text if you know me personally. I'd love to dive deeper with you always in these conversations. But if you'd like to explore this work and how you can move away from self-neglect and abandonment and hyper-independence to, and proving to, more peace, more self-assuredness, belief, trust in yourself and others, more connection, more intimacy, through developing not distance, not walls, not barriers, but more beautiful boundaries where you can maintain your energetic sovereignty while you recognize you are part of something much, much bigger, all connected by love. Then, my friend, I would call you to join Beautiful Boundaries, which is a program that's going to be six weeks. We're launching on April 5th. This is the very first call a six-week live group immersive program. We are going to dive into and deconstruct our beliefs around trust, conflict, boundaries, all of these things. We're going to create new boundary beliefs. We're going to go to work on developing skills that help you maintain and set and have loving communications around boundaries with yourself and with others. We're going to go to work on examining, contemplating amazing wisdom from the Gene Keys related to boundary setting around peace and conflict and intolerance and a whole host of other things. And we're going to weave together a bunch of modalities into such an immersive and incredible experience that will not only have you leave with a knowing 
of the concepts, but a practice and an embodiment of the concepts themselves. So we're going to use movement. We're going to rely on visualization and yoga nidra. We're going to practice the skills. It's not just going to be me talking at you. We're going to practice. We're going to share. We're going to learn from each other. We're going to put into action what we're learning in a very tangible way. So I hope that if you're interested, you will join me or you will share with someone else in your life that you think would benefit or get a lot out of this work. Not because you think they should change, but perhaps because they've expressed to you some of the things that I've shared with you earlier today from my own experience. If you're interested, go to museandmethod.com, all spelled out, slash boundaries, and you can sign up there. I hope that you'll join me. It's going to be an incredible experience, one that I hope to repeat multiple times, but not sure it's going to be the exact same as this first one is. And it's, it's going to be a learning together and unlearning together. And I'm so excited to dive in with you all here, of course, on the Higher Self Leadership Podcast but also through programs like that one. And if you haven't been aware, I have been hosting every single day a live on both Instagram and LinkedIn at the same time where I am diving into Gene Key's shadows every day. Some days it's like 30 minutes, some days it's like up to an hour. I am just rambling on. So if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll probably really enjoy listening to Shadow School, where we go jinky by jinky and we dive right into the shadow, then the gift, then the city, the divine gift. And we really explore the energetics of the wisdom of each one of these keys. And that's definitely one way that you can work with that system. You can pick any one of the gene keys and explore it, contemplate, work with it, bring it into your life. The other way to work with the gene keys that I really like, there are multiple ways, but the other way that I really like is working with your hologenetic profile. This is the last thing I'll leave you with here. Your hologenetic profile takes a snapshot of your birthday, time, and location from an astrological perspective. And it creates a chart for you, a voyage, a journey for you to go on in your contemplation and your unfolding and your unlearning. And what it does is it actually has three sequences in it. Your activation sequence, which is focused on your unique genius and your gifts, your purpose in this world. And then it moves through that into your Venus sequence, which is all about your core wounds, your levels of intelligence, social, emotional, all intellectual, but it also looks at how you show up in all of your relationships and through love in life. And finally, the pearl sequence, which is all about your prosperity and what you're here to create and share with the world that will have you foster and create and receive prosperity in your life. And this whole thing is the hologenetic profile. It's comprised of these three sequences. And inside of the sequences are placements of the specific gene keys, depending on your astrology. And so everyone's going to have a different gene key that represents their purpose 
or their vocation or their life's work or, and all these mean different things. And it's really fun to explore this. It's like a way for you to personally dive into the gene keys. So if you like astrology, if you like human design, it's a little related to that. If you like numerology, Enneagram, any of these systems where you get to explore yourself more. Not to be attached to it in a specific way, but simply for your contemplation journey, for your expansion and growth, for your self-awareness, the Gene Keys offers a look. And one of the things I'm working on right now is to create an audio library where I will have recordings of all of the Gene Keys as well as the mechanics of how the chart works, how the lines come to life, and the pathways and the spheres, how the Gene Keys works overall and how to work with the Gene Keys wisdom, and my own interpretations, even recordings from Shadow School, would be in- included in a custom playlist. So you get an audio SoundCloud playlist that is curated just for you that picks and pulls the gene keys in the right order for your specific hologenetic profile and puts them there for you in a playlist you can listen to to contemplate and return to over and over throughout your life to deepen your expansion into yourself. So if you're interested in that, I am looking for help to expand the library of the recordings. And certainly I could start from one and go to 64 and do it that way. But I think it's a little bit more fun to play with you as well and say, uh, send me your chart and I will prioritize recording all of your gene keys and send them to you. And as a result, you have this amazing resource for contemplation and you've helped me build a library. And as part of doing that, I'm offering the activation sequence plus an introduction to the system overall and how the polygenetic profile works for $66. So you would get intro to the gene keys, how the system works, how to work with the system, what the hologenetic profile is, what the activation sequence is, and what's contained within that, and then the four gene keys specific to your activation sequence, your evolution, your life's work, your radiance, and your purpose spheres brought to life through your chart. We get all of that for $66, which is, I think, an incredible deal. I am creating this because it is a resource I want for myself, continued, let alone that I would have loved to have this at the beginning of my journey. And let me say, there are so many resources out there around the Gene Keys that are so incredible and so helpful. As a Gene Keys guide, I'm intimately familiar with all of the resources that are available from Gene Keys deep courses to dive into to help you contemplate and visually see and sit with contemplations from the folks that run Gene Keys who are expert wisdom keepers in their own rights, of course. Um, And you can access all of that. It's extremely reasonable. If you're interested and you don't know where to start, reach out to me and I'll help you navigate this whole system and 
their content is so valuable. The way that they put things together is so thoughtful and beautiful and expansive. But my systems logic masculine side of my brain really wanted a little bit more order and structure. <laughs> so they definitely provide that, but I also want something a little bit more direct, a little concise, a little uh, focused. And so I think this audio library is the solution to that need I identified for myself, which is probably a need that you have too. I am hoping that it becomes a fantastic entry point for you embarking on your Gene Keys journey that then you continue to deepen by working with the courses, the retreats, and all of the fabulous resources that Gene Keys provides to the world. This is like a little kickstart. So if you're interested in that, please send me a DM on Instagram or LinkedIn. I don't even have a sales page up for this yet or a page on my website for this yet. It is very informal and just a fun little request that I'm making. So if you're interested in that, send me a note and I'll give you instructions on how we can get started. I've already had a couple of people respond to me, so I've got some more audio recording to do, which is really fun. And I'm just so excited to build out a wealth of resources for you that help you work with this incredible wisdom system in your own contemplation and expansion. Beautiful boundaries is one way I'm integrating and infusing the wisdom into a program, shadow school, bringing to life jinky by jinky, and this custom curated audio playlist for your profile is the next way that I really want to tangibly bring this to life in an accessible way. So I hope that you enjoy diving into the gene keys with me. I hope that you love this episode on zero boundaries. Like I really tried to summon and go deep here, <laughs> sharing my own personal experience. I don't think I've ever talked about this in this way. And so I'm, I'm really interested in, in hearing like what resonated. What are you taking away from this episode? Do you see yourself in this at all? Please start a conversation. Send me a note. I want to hear. I want to hear. And if you have enjoyed listening to the Higher Self Leadership Podcast, please consider giving a rating, a review on Spotify. You can rate us on Apple Podcasts. You can rate and review. And of course, if you're listening on Substack, love you. Thank you for subscribing to Substack. We can have a conversation directly here. You can leave me a comment and we can open up the conversation right on the post. That is one of my intentions for publishing the podcast on Substack is that we can actually engage around the content. It doesn't just live in a podcast app. We can actually have a conversation around it. So I hope that we can. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day.